0: Once more, following a strange old week, many of us will likely never see again in our lifetimes. We're back after a state funeral where everything was pretty much cancelled. Although this time, sadly, not the weekend football fixtures. More we'll that in just a moment. Hello, I'm John Ellis. Welcome to episode 49 of Pitotry PS, the predominantly Don's based podcast. Featuring not just the Dons first team, but a look across the age groups and genders at the club. And we focus on the respective progress of Cove and Peterhead too, as well as the northeast local representatives in the Highland League and juniors. And not just football, but any sport making headlines in the North of Scotland or featuring someone from the North of Scotland. Joining me for this journey, as always, Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. So here we are recording this episode on the morning of Tuesday, September 20th, 2022, perhaps casting... A tentative look ahead all the way into the future for the Kilmarnock game on October 1st after a break for the international games this coming weekend. But first, it's back in time to our most recent match, away to Hibbs at Easter Road, where we lost 3-1 after taking the lead very early on through a fine finish from Duke. But that went awry right in the halftime mark where Hibbs equalised through a Martin Boyle penalty, which also resulted in Liam Scales being sent to the stand. And then in the second half, We managed to hold out until the 62nd minute of the match, but the 11 men of Hibs found another two goals to claim victory. In the aftermath, manager Jim Goodwin taking the slightly unusual, I thought, approach of singling out Hibs' Ryan Porteous as cheating his way to victory. Your thoughts on this one, Andrew?
1: Well, to talk about the the match as a whole first, I thought Aberdeen started very well. As you say, it was a really good finish from Duke, Um, great cross from Hayden Coulson and a a well-timed leap and awareness of where the goals were, I thought, from the the Cape Verde Island international striker who is past becoming a very important part of the Aberdeen team that was his first start but that was his fourth goal um, mm. so uh, he knows his way to goal he's scoring different types of goals um, he he looked really good in the game he started very well and it was unfortunate that the incident just before half time uh, which you know, brought the penalty, the red card, meant that that was the end of the day's play for Duke because Jim Goodwin took him off, sacrificed him uh, to shore up midfield with Dante Pulvara when Ross McCrory went into the back four. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a decent start from Aberdeen. They didn't threaten to run away with the game, but they were very comfortable in it, I felt. And they, uh, it was the the penalty incident that completely turned the game in its head because up until that point, I didn't think Hibs had threatened at all. But um, we'll probably talk about the penalty incidents at greater length. But um, over the piece, I thought Aberdeen lost their way second half. They didn't know whether it was twist or stick. Um, defensively, they were... A bit all over the place. Hibbs obviously got the adrenaline rush of getting the equalizer and then the realization they were playing 45 minutes against 10 men and ended up worthy winners of the game. But it was that in- penalty incident just before halftime that completely turned things in their head.
0: I read that uh, Hibs have queried directly with the Dons about Goodwin's comments post-match. I suppose it's a way of having a go at the ref without having a go at the ref as well, isn't it? I mean, can he be fined by authorities for criticizing a player, Dave?
2: Yeah, he could be um, and probably will be. I have, I have to say I totally agree with uh, Jim Goodwin. I think Ryan Porteous gets away with blue Murder and has done for the last uh, few years and uh, he's got so much history against Aberdeen as well. And uh, But we didn't react in the, in the best way in that second half. We, we lost the midfield with uh, McCrory moving, having to move back. You know, Dante Polvara did his best, but he certainly, you know, well, we're a man short anyway. And uh, you know, I think it was the midfield where we, we actually lost that game in the second half. You know, and again, some defensively, I thought Anthony Stewart got caught out of position a couple of times for their their goals as well. He was getting dragged over the all over the place in that second half. But uh yeah, to, to answer your question, sadly, uh Jim Goodwin could be in, in hot water. Mm. Okay, um we'll look at Duke in a positive note and then we'll come back to the uh
0: the sort of defensive dilemma if either Liam Scales or Anthony Stewart are missing. On a positive note, with Clarkson out, Duke came in for his first start and made an instant impact, Andrew Mijofsky, on the other hand, six yards out, fluffed it. Um, just one of those days for him. But Duke pushing more and more as his fitness and sharpness improves, he's probably pretty much there now, isn't he? By the looks of things, he is there, yes. I mean, he's made a very positive impact. And I
1: think he's, if his fitness isn't 100%, it's good enough that you you put him on from the start and get an hour, 70 minutes, 80 minutes out of him, yeah. rather than chuck him on as an impact substitute with 10 or 15 minutes to go. Um, I've been very impressed by Duke. I must admit, um, initially, I wasn't really that certain of um, what he was going to contribute, but I'll tell you, he's brilliant in the air, which mm. is surprising because he's, he's a little squat guy. He's a very powerful looking figure. Um, He's got a bag of tricks that he can delve into from time to time. He's got pace. Um, I think he's going to be a big, big player for Aberdeen. But to go back to Boyan Miofsky, that was a sitter. There's yeah. no getting away from it. That was an absolute sitter that he missed. And how he missed it, only he will be able to tell it. And even he probably doesn't know how he managed to... to he just seemed to get everything tangled up. Um, feet, um, his body position, everything was wrong. Um, because really, it was a tap-in that you would expect a school kid to convert. But mm. um, whether his mind wasn't fully on that game and he's maybe looking ahead to... He's got a couple of... Um, Nations League games to play for North Macedonia, where I believe he is going to be the first choice striker. Um, They're away to Georgia and then home to Bulgaria. Um, But he's got to concentrate on the day job, first and foremost. And unfortunately, it was one of those games where he was never really in it at all. I don't recall him contributing very much throughout the 90 minutes, other than that glaring miss. Um, But one bad game in what a dozen so far this season. You can't be too critical of him, but um, uh, Duke was the big positive, even though he was on the on the, the part for just an excess of forty minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. But scales sent off. McCrory comes back to to centre half alongside Stewart. Uh, we've seen this before. Polvara came on in this instance, but I wonder if there's a way where we can shore up central defence without losing McCrory in midfield. I mean, you've got Jack Milne sitting on the bench, or and I know. Uh, Coulson went off later, didn't he? But could you bring on Jack McKenzie and put him out left, bring Coulson inside or play McKenzie centrally, Dave?
2: Yeah, you could. And to be personally, I would like to see McCrory kept in the middle of the park yeah. because I think he's very effective there. Um, the, you know, we don't have a recognised experience centre half if either Stewart or Skills are missing. And and they have been, of course, this, this season a uh, couple of times. So, um, you know, whether. It, you know, go and get an out of contract centre half whenever I can. But again, you don't want to be. You know, that's a bar- bargain basement really when you're trying to. Fly around outside a transfer window for players. We, I mean, the thing is, um, and we sort of spoke about this between ourselves before we
0: came on here. You've got Jack Milton sitting on the bench, and at, at one point, Jack must have been sitting there thinking, "Well, this is great. You know, I'm I'm training with the first team squad. I'm getting on the bench. Sooner or later, my time will come." And it looks at the moment like it's going to be later rather than sooner. That's probably going to play in on his mind a little bit, isn't it, Andrew? I think it
1: might, but um, he's a young player. Um, he will know that he's going to have to bide his time. Um, as you say, he'll be delighted that he's he's gone from being on loan at Brecon City last season to being on the bench for the first team uh, at the top end of the Premiership, or it was until 4.45 on Saturday <laughs> uh, with Aberdeen. Um, but uh, I think there comes a time where you have to you know, take a chance. Throw him in, see what he's like, because he has made a couple of sub appearances in the League Cup, but he came on as a midfielder, which is where he started playing um, with under-18s. Um, but uh, now that they're, they've decided that he should be a centre-back, I think you've got to throw him in there at some point point, um, and just basically let him sink or swim. Mm. Uh, so it will be interesting to see uh, what happens when Kilmarnock visit, because... Uh, You know, when you take Ross McCrory out of midfield, it does leave a glaring gap. Uh, And Leighton Clarkson will still be suspended for that game. I don't think Connor Barron will be up to full fitness for that game. So it's it's a dilemma for uh, Jim Goodwin. Uh, But I would give Jack Milne a chance, um, to be perfectly honest. Six foot four, he's going to be dominant in the air, you would think, at that height. Uh, And that's one of the problems that Aberdeen have had uh, is you know crosses coming into the box, particularly from set plays, causing problems, which is what happened on Saturday. Um, because Porteous obviously knew that um, he was going to be in there with a shout of getting to uh, to win a header, but opted instead to grab Liam Scales, wrestle him to the ground, and then somehow or other managed to con David Dickinson into getting a penalty and getting Scales ordered off. Now. I think it's interesting there's been a lot of ex-referees. There's two in particular, uh, Des Roach and Stephen Conroy. They do a, a podcast every week, and they were highly critical of Porteous and also of Lee Johnson, the Hibs manager, come out and saying it was good play from us that won the penalty and got the red card. No, it wasn't good play. They say, no, it was cheating, um, which is amplifying what Jim Goodwin had to say after the game. Um And it's one of those that if VAR was there, I think it would have been overturned because you could clearly see that the instigator of the pulling and shoving was Ryan Porteous. And uh, whether David Dickinson, who's a very inexperienced referee, I have to say, that was only his 12th game um, in the top flight. Mm. And... I thought he showed his inexperience. I thought he's, is he was inconsistent with all his decision making. Um, but he was suckered into that by Porteous, as Jim Goodwin said. Now, whether Jim would have been better not saying anything to the referee before the game, because he said, I had a laugh and a joke with him and I said, watch out for Porteous. He's a bit of a diver. And obviously that was in the Aberdeen team talk as well, because Keller-Roos spoke about it after the game. Um, maybe he, put a seed into the referee's mind and the referee thought, well, I'll decide on that rather than you tell me that he's a diver. But I think looking back on it, he would have to look at it and say, you know what, Jim Goodwin was right
0: there. Yeah, Um I'm just wondering, I, I think probably, you know, in the longer term, David Dickinson was far better with antiques on the TV than... <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: he's not the real deal as
0: a referee, is he? <laughs> I'll set them up, Andrew. Uh, Now, the the thing with it is, it's Tuesday as we record this. Is it too late for anything perhaps to happen retrospectively?
1: I'm not sure that anything could happen retrospectively, to be honest. You can't change what happened on the field of play on Saturday. There's no appeal against a second yellow card, other than Crawford Allen picking the phone up and saying to David Dickinson, I suggest you have a wee look back at that again and log that into the memory bank uh, that, you know, next time that kind of thing happens, maybe give yourself a little bit more time. I thought it was possibly the assistant referee in the stand side that, that gave the decision. Was he talking at the time? It's difficult to tell mm. um, because the TV pictures weren't that clear. Um, but it's it's one of those, it's in the past. There's nothing you can do about it now. All I can say is that if VAR does come in which it's scheduled to do in the not too distant future I think it may well have overturned that decision, rescinded the yellow card and then who knows, but in terms of Saturday's game, it's done and dusted it's a 3-1 victory to Hibs
0: At The way the other games ended, we went in the space of one match from I think 3rd to 7th maybe 8th it's one of those where you want to get back in there straight away to make amends but instead we've got an international break. Is it actually a good thing to have the, the longer break to regroup, or can you only tell that for certain the other side of the Kilmarnock game, Andrew?
1: I think we'll have to wait till the commandment game, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's a long time to stew on injustices and things like that and, you know, bad vibes about a game. I think they've just got to get it out of their mind. Um, there'll be a number of players away. Well, two, uh, I think it is, that we've got away just now. Um, Ramadani, isn't yeah. he? he's away, well, Albania, they play mm. Israel away all he needs to do is ask any Scott, how do you play against Israel? Because we <laughs> always play Israel and then they play Iceland at home. Um, so they're going to be, a, he and Mayovsky are both away, but the rest
2: of them. Scales has been called up to the Republic. So he, so he
1: has, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Th- that'll be a lift for, for Liam Scales because he will be down about that. He misses the game against Kilmarnock. It's just a one game ban, but uh, it'll lift Liam Scales getting the call up from the Republic of Ireland. And they, uh, I think these three players will come back refreshed. Obviously, Scales will have to sit in the stands. The other two will come back refreshed and hopefully ready to go again. As I said, Mioski didn't have his greatest game. And I thought Ramadani was strangely quiet in the middle of the park as well. Um, so who knows? It may be change of scenery, just a, a lift for them. But in terms of the rest of them, they've just got to forget about Saturday knuckle down, get on with the hard work and the training grounds and let's go again against Kilmarnock.
0: Well, let's take a brief look at the Kilmarnock match. The international break in between, as we've mentioned, Dirk McInnes in the media last week calling on his team to improve on their away performances. He will be desperate for that to happen against Aberdeen. His way of coming back and, and getting revenge to an extent, I suppose. That being said, he's up against the Dons team he'll barely recognise, Dave. Will he? Will he carry
2: any advantage with his experience of being here so long? I think... Just that the fact that he was with Aberdeen for so long, but uh, yeah, in terms of the personnel, he won't know much about many of them because they're they're all post the McInnesira. But uh, you know, you can bet your bottom dollar that Derek, Doc, and Paul Sheeran will be absolutely desperate to take something, ideally a victory from Pictorri. So it's going to be quite a battle. It's not been a great season for for Kelly. Um but uh, is Ash Ash Taylor back for that one? Yeah,
0: he should be. Hey, well, you yeah, I, I, you can just imagine a, a scrappy I'm game. See, oh,
2: you can see
0: a scrappy game and rising for the head of There's Dramash Taylor. Yeah, well, he's
2: scoring. He's scoring for fun at the moment this season. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what scares
0: <laughs> me on the on the uh, on the eve of that one coming off. Uh, okay, let's get a predictor for that one: Aberdeen versus Kulmarnik. uh Andrew, first of all.
1: You look at Kilmarnock's results so far this season, there's not a lot of goals in the game. Uh, as you say, the return of Derek, Doc, and Peanuts to Pataudry, uh plus Ash, um, they will be desperate to do well. I think it's going to be really tight. Uh, I'll opt for a a 2-1 Aberdeen victory. And Dave. Ta- Taylor with the, the consolation. <laughs>
2: no, I'm not going to give Ash the consolation, so
0: uh, 2-0 Aberdeen. I think only one nil for us in this one, but I, I don't really care as long as we win. Um, do we want to briefly take a look at the national team? A home and away doubleheader versus Ukraine with a match against Republic of Ireland in the middle. How do you see us faring in those, Andrew? It's always difficult to tell what Scotland's going to turn up, isn't it? Mm. Um, Land Robertson's out, isn't he? Andy Robertson
1: being out is a big blow, but the return of Kieran Tierney kind of balances that a little bit. It'll be an interesting three games, particularly the, the double header against Ukraine, because Ukraine are, are more than decent. Uh, and if we can get anything out of these two games, I think we'll be doing all right. The game in the middle, uh, Republic of Ireland, obviously Liam Scales potentially playing against Scotland. That's the, the, the game that I think Scotland have got the better chance of, of picking up three points. But, you know, Scotland on their day are capable of some great stuff. So let's just hope that this little three-match series
0: sees Scotland at their very best. Would you uh, would you take six from nine, Dave? If you got
2: if you got the offer, possibly. Although I mean it's quite a close group. You want to get through to for this playoff, and there are three very tight games and three very difficult ones to um, to to predict. I mean, I've heard a few of the pundits saying that we need to win all three. You know, ideally we do, but. Uh, yeah, I'll probably take six, six points from from nine. Hmm. Okay, next
0: to uh, to AFC women who hadn't played in a few weeks by the, uh, the time they took the field to face Spartans. The previous game they had played, though, was their best performance of the season to date, losing only narrowly to Glasgow City. Spartans were definitely a team within their sights last season. This time out, though, it wasn't to be the Dons going down 2-0 at Ainsley Park. The homestead managing to carve out the win despite having a player sent off when it was still all square. And it, it doesn't get any easier with Celtic next up this coming weekend. But back at home, at least, Dave, as Gavin Beath said after the game, it's just a case of sort of keeping at it and trying to claim the league.
2: Yeah, it is, although, make no mistake, that was a bit of a sicker for them on Sunday, particularly with Spartans going uh, down to 10 and they uh, you would have hoped that uh, Aberdeen could have got something, ideally three points out of that one. So it wasn't to be, and it was one that the will of year marks is, well, that's a game that we Mm -hmm. should think will take very least a draw, ideally uh, ideally a win. But uh, yeah, they've they've got to start getting some victories. You know, keep saying it's still early in the season, but very soon it won't be early in the season. So (laughs) they, they need to start getting the points on the board. Yeah, for the under-18s, again, a period of time on the
0: sidelines and an up-and-down season so far. Next up for them, it's Hibs at Cormac Park. Uh, When for that one, Andrew, how do you see it going and who can we get to hit the deck like a dying swan in their penalty box? (laughs) Um,
1: It's scheduled for Friday at Cormac Park. Um, I haven't had confirmation as yet as to whether it does go ahead on Friday or not, but... um, Hibs are a decent side, more than decent side at under eighteen level. They were the top side in Scotland last year. Um, they're playing in the European Youth League um, this year. I think they lost narrowly to Molde and Norway last week, uh, but they've, they've got some good players and they don't have to rely on, um, you know, dying swan acts or anything like that. Um, although it was a, a very contentious game down at Hibs last season where the referee added on something like half an hour of stoppage time at the end of the game to see if he could get Hibs an, an equaliser, but the Dons <laughs> held out to win. Um, but uh, Wasn't David no, it's, Dickinson, it's, uh, was it? I, I don't recall what his name was. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't Dickinson. Um, but, uh, but no, I... Uh, It'll be good for the under-18s to get back into action again and they will be looking to make home advantage count because they've done well at home so far this season. Only the the, the draw against Motherwell, you know, being a, a, a non-very comprehensive victory, having scored mm. nine against St Mirren and four against Hearts. So uh, I think uh, it'll be a good game. I just hope it goes ahead on Friday.
0: Okay. Into the championship and Cove Rangers starting to find a bit of form at home last summer against Hamilton Ackies. Seems such a long time ago, but they drew 2 2. If they would had a bit more luck and been a little tighter in defence, could have taken all three points. This weekend passed, they were back on the road, away to apart at Thistle, looking like the week off in between the two games hadn't helped as they went down 2 0 before. Mark Reynolds emerged as the unlikely hero with both goals in the comeback, earning what could prove to be a valuable away point, not to mention a boost in confidence, Dave, as that point for Partick put them at top of the
2: table. Yeah, it could be a watershed moment in Cove's career, Mark, with his first ever brace in his senior career. Eh, so well done to him. Um, you know, that it will give them a boost. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they, they've got a... Week off league business because of the uh, what's it called? The Scottish Challenge Cup, apparently. Again, SPFL Trust Trophy, Trophy. is that well, you it. see,
0: uh, now it's it's not where you look. <laughs> I said it, it is listed as the Scottish Challenge Cup, and I think on the BBC website and on a couple of other places, SPFL Trust Trophy was last season, wasn't it? I, I don't know what it's called what? anyway. That one, <laughs> That one. Race at home. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So, uh, but uh, no, it could be it'll be interesting to see how they. I mean, it all felt like a win because it was two very late goals. Um, Ian McCall was raging that the first uh, first goal should not have been given because it was a a, cor- a by kick, not a corner. But uh, that's like the Hibbs game. That's in the past now. And uh, no, hopefully that'll be a nice, it'll be a great boost for the for the club. No doubt about that a little catalyst with any luck. And next up, the, uh, the Scottish Challenge Cup, SVFL Trust
0: Trophy, whatever you want to call it, and a uh, home tie against Wraith Rovers, who they've already beaten only due to this year, Andy. They'll fancy the chances in that one, I would think.
1: I think they, they will do, but Wraith um, Rovers uh, showed a bit of fight about themselves uh, at the weekend, turning over Air United, who prior to then had been top of the championship. Uh, so I think it'll be a, a good game. Uh, certainly a, a, a game that will have goals in it, uh, looking at, at both sides. They're not the greatest defensively, but they do um, pose a threat going forward. Um I won't see that one myself because I'm going to nip up to Bucky to see Linfield <laughs> from Northern Ireland yeah. playing against Bucky Thistle because Sam Roscoe, who used to play for Aberdeen's development squad, uh, is one of the stars for for Linfield this season. Okay. So it'll be like watching, certainly against Rangers, with Bucky in their green and white hoops and Linfield <laughs> in their their uh, four Rangers kip, kit. So, um, But no, the, the game at Cove... Definitely goals in it, and I think Cove maybe might just shade it. Um, they, they would swap though going out of that trophy for
0: a couple of league wins, aye, aye, to be to be mid table or, or better, yeah. Um, and just brief word on Paul Hartley, who surprised a few in the summer, I think, by leaving Cove when he had things sort of ticking over so well and that fresh challenge of the championship to take on. Instead, he opted for the move to Hartlepool, and it hasn't worked out so well, Dave.
2: Well, it hasn't, um, but again, you've got to question, I mean, Paul and and Gordon Young, they um, they signed a heap of mainly Scottish players, including Jake Hastie, who as recently as 2019 was uh, transferred to Rangers and was uh, cited as the next big thing. Uh, So they made a lot of changes. It is quite early in the season. I mean, their league form has been atrocious, but last week in their midweek game, they were 1-0 up against Crew Alexandra, who equalised in stoppage time. You know, so I just think it's, it's a typical the way football is these days yeah. the, of knee, knee jerk reaction from, from the, from boards, you know, usually with fan, fans putting the pressure on the board. Um, a bit like Jack Ross, Dundee United, it's, you know, so, but as Andrew and I were chatting yesterday, it's, you know, you wonder where, where does Paul go from here? Because, you know he wanted a part a full-time gig again so that's why he took the the hard to pull uh hard to pull job but uh, you just wonder what's what is in store for uh both Paul and Gordon because mm-hmm. it's but very disappointing disappointed for him. you know obviously no Paul reasonably well and uh, you know plenty plenty of time for him in, in fact he also just signed Chris Maguire, his former Aberdeen team oh, really? despite the fact Chris is subject to a betting charge just now and <laughs> is suspended. Um, and that, will that it, just, will, will it him week. heads or tails? Yeah, well, that, that was just last week. So, you know, that shows yeah. how knee-jerk it was. They're allowing players to be signed. And then the following week, that's well, Maybe, maybe at that point you
0: thought, "Oh, you're going to get rid of me, are you?" I've heard, I've heard talk. Right, let's sign Chris McGuire because that'll be funny in the longer run. Uh, well, just to give you an idea. I mean, with their with their next appointment, Hartlepool um, move on to their third manager in just ten months, and Paul got the boot after only nine league games, four draws, mm-hmm. five defeats. Uh, most importantly, I guess the the sort of tabloid headline is nine without a win, but that's still frightening. I reckon. For a bit ahead, Andrew um, wondered aloud previously if perhaps a fresh set of eyes overseeing the squad at Balmour might be for the best. Rock bottom of League One on only one point. They probably dodged a bullet when they should have faced second-top FC Edinburgh. Saturday past, though, although early in the season, a relatively crucial game for the Blue as they played host... To the club just above them in the table, newcomers Kelty Hearts. They couldn't afford to let Kelty make any more ground on them, and thankfully, they didn't. Andrew, when it really counted, they managed to get a 2 1 victory. A gutsy win,
1: yeah, certainly sounds like it. Um, a win that's that's the bottom line. That was the most important thing. It didn't matter how it came, they just needed to get a win on the board, and they did that. Uh, so delighted for everybody at Peterhead. A couple of goals from Conor O'Keefe. Um, I saw the, the two goals. Uh, via their Twitter feeds. The first one's a good one, lobbed over the keeper's head. The second one is it's an a, absolute screamer. A, yeah, it's about 40, 40 yards. 40, 40 <laughs> yards out. Um, and it's not one of those that you you hit high in the sky and it drops in. Yeah he absolutely shelled this thing that barely got 10 <laughs> feet above the ground but was hit with so much pace that the goalkeeper had no chance of getting anywhere near it um a definite contender for for goal of the season but um a winning goal for for peter head was all that mattered mm. and they got it
2: so uh, and they played the whole second half with 10 men because they yeah. get player sent off just yeah. on half time yeah. That's right. So um no, delighted for Jim McAnally and
1: everybody involved up there at Peterhead. And now it's a case of building that. Don't just go congratulating yourselves, we've finally got a win. No, you've got to go and build on it and get a wee bit of momentum going. And then who knows where where the season will take you. It's been a poor start, but pass your mind back to this time last season in the premiership, Ross County rock bottom, miles away from everybody else in terms of performance and results and look at what they managed to do. So I'm sure Jim is, well, we know Jim has been the course so many times before. He won't be panicking, but he will be drumming into his players. That's only a start. We've we've got the win. Congratulations. That's done and dusted. Now, next game. Who have we got next?
0: Well, the chance to go two from two in their SPFL Trust Trophy slash Challenge Cup tie. do <laughs> Trophy. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: again. Better and training cup. <laughs> at, uh, at Balmore this coming Saturday when they face Elgin City. They'll fancy the chances in on that one, I would have thought, Andrew.
1: They will do. Um, particularly, as I say, having the... You know, the confidence of getting a victory, uh, at long last. And again, it's a game that will have loads of goals in it because, uh, Elgin drew 3-3 with Stenhouse Muir at the weekend. And I think Stenhouse Muir had scored something like 23 goals in seven games. Elgin have scored 27 in seven games. That tells you that there's going to be a lot of goals up at Peterhead. It's a free fit, free hit for Elgin. Um, mm. but equally so for Peterhead. Um, because, you know, Prior to, to beating Kelty Hearts, I'm sure Gavin Price was saying to these Elgin boys, you know, we've got a great chance. Go through to Balmoor. It's a great surface to play football on. Um, Go out there and you're going to be up against a team that hasn't managed to win all season. Now Peterhead have got that win. Let's just see what the reaction is. I fancy Peterhead to, to nick it 3-2,
0: something like that. It depends which direction the gale force wind is blowing. Well, in the that's, too, that's too.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um For the Highland League teams, last time around, it was a break from that league campaign and the start of the long road to Hamden in the Scottish Cup. The early kickoff at 12.30. So Jeanfield swifts lose 5-1 to Brecon City. In the other match is two all-Highland League ties with banks taking on of United and Lossiemouth up against Bucky Thistle. The scores like this. Banks-A-D 4 Tariff United, nil. carnoustie Pammuir three. Rothis, one. Civil Service Strollers, one. Fraserborough two. Devonville, two. East Kilbride, four. Dunbar United, three. Clach, two. That's a hell of a way to go for, <laughs> for a defeat, isn't it? March United, three. East Stirlingshire, one. Forest Mechanics, two. Glasgow University, three. Hillabyth Hawthorne, three. Inverurie Locos One. Keith 1, Cumnick Juniors 2, Lossiemouth 1, Bucky Thistle 2, Nairn County 1, Drumchapel United 3, Straths Bay Thistle nil. Kimberlyn Juniors 5, and Wick Academy 5, Lochie United 1. This weekend in the Whatever it's called, Cup. Breakin' City, travel to meet Inverness Cali Thistle. Well, Bucky Thistle, host Linfield. That's the one Andrew's going to. Our uh, league duty, Clack, Welcome for Martin United. Fraserborough are at home to Brewer Rangers. Huntley are at Lossiemouth. Inverest Locos are at Strathspey Thistle. Town United play Devon Vale. And it's Wick Academy against Rothes. Uh Finally, Banks D entertain Forest Mechanics in the juniors, Dave.
2: Dave. Yeah. Grill League Cup semi-finals finished. Colony Park nil. East End four. Rothie Rovers nil. Cooter two. So East End and Cooter will meet a week on Sunday at Lockside Park in the final. In the McBookie.com Premier League, uh, Bridget on Thistle one Ellen United nil, Dice two, Nairn St. Ninian two, Hermes still top, six one winners against Maud. Montrose Rosalie two, Stonewood Parkville two, and Stonehaven one, Dufftown one. In the Championship, Sunnybank remained top. They defeated New Elgin five nil at uh, Heathery And I mentioned for Bank City Juniors, they won 10 one at Loshmouth United with Charlie Rothney getting five and Scott Milne getting four, including a penalty. This weekend is round two of the Scottish Junior Cup, so local interest, uh, East End against Sunnybank, so a team through definitely from the north-east in that one. Bankery at home to Garth Cairn. Beath Juniors, who are very, very strong, play Hermes at Beath, unfortunately. Darvel against Glen Tanner. Ellen United versus Bathgate Thistle. Forest Thistle against Thornywood United. Montrose Rose Lee against Shotspone Accord. Newmacher United against Letham. Rothy Rovers versus Glen Afton Athletic. Stonehaven against Cooter, another local tie. And Stoneham Parkville at home to Belsoul Athletic. This few games, there are three games in the Premier League. Colony Park against Nairnston. Dufftown at home to Dice. And Maud versus Bridgeton
0: Thistle. Must be the rarest thing at any level to score four goals for your team in a match and still come out second top scorer on the game. <laughs> yeah. um, that is pretty much it for episode 49 of Petaudry PS. We aim to publish every week on a Tuesday if we can. Always looking back to the Dawn's at previous fixtures and ahead to the next. Please remember to follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. If you could rate our review us, tell us what you think of the show as well. We'd be very grateful. Thanks for checking out Petaudry PS. We'll see you next time.